0: Good morning. I'm so glad to see you today. We want to welcome those worshiping with us online as well today. Always glad to have you. Now, a couple of weeks ago I swapped with Steve Irwin. Y'all know Steve Irwin, one of our associates, you know, the crocodile hunter. Well, he preaches out at Sharky's at the beach, and so I said, Hey, listen, we'll swap. I'll go out to Sharkies and preach. You come to the main campus and preach. And so that's what we did. I said, now, Steve, it's going to be cold out there. Of all the Sundays I could go out there and preach, I picked two weeks ago. You know what the temperature was? 48 degrees when I went out there. It was, and I, I welcomed both people who were there with me at the worship service. But, you know, I asked Steve, I said, now, Steve, what do you wear when it's cold out here? He said, well, I'll tell you what I do. He said, I wear several layers on top, and then I wear shorts. Shorts. I mean, I grew up in Tennessee. I got long underwear. I put my long drawers on when I went out there. I wanted to stay warm. I couldn't believe it. I got to thinking to myself after that, if Steve is preaching at the worship services at the campus and it's indoors and they have heat, I wonder what he's wearing there. (laughs) Ponder that for a moment, would you? But I asked him, and they said, he didn't wear shorts. He, he wore long pants. I don't get it. Shorts outside, long pants inside. You just never can tell about Steve what he's going to do, can you? But, but I tell you, we enjoyed doing that, and I had a good time out there and got to see those folks. I don't get to eyeball them as much, so I wanted to be out there and visit with them. And I'm glad to see you today. Now, let me ask you a question. What are you giving for Christmas? Do you have all my sizes and everything and know what I need? I mean, how many times have you asked somebody that or they ask you that this season of the year? What are you giving to your family? What are you giving to your employees or your employer? What are you giving to your friends? We ask that question. Sometimes we rack our brains trying to find just the right gift for just the right person to make sure we get the right thing for each one. Gift given is a big part of the Christmas celebration. Sometimes it's hard to select the right gift, isn't it? You know, we're having our staff Christmas party tomorrow. We get together, and there's so many of us now. What we do is we just go to lunch together, but we do something fun. So we're going to Funland tomorrow from 12 to 2. Don't have any emergencies tomorrow between 12 and 2 because we'll be at Funland. We're going to eat together. Carmen's mom runs it, and then we're going to play games together. We'll have a great time. There's so many on the staff. We said, we're going to draw names this year. And so we did that, and we drew names, and then we're going to exchange gifts while we're there. Then they sent out this note, and they said, now, listen, wrap your gift and bring it to the person you bought it for. Laura and I are in the midst of moving locally. We're moving out of our house to a different place on Tuesday of this week. We don't know where anything is. We can't find any wrapping paper. We can't find each other. We don't even know what's going on. So I just took the bag that the present was in, and I took some tape, and I just wrapped it around there a few times, and I got a Post-it note, and I wrote his name on it, and I put it on there, and I said, there you go, Merry Christmas. I'll let you know how it goes next week when we get back together. Now, you know, people expect something a lot of times for Christmas, don't they? I heard about a man who lived in a, in a condo, and he, they, his building had valet parking. And one morning, he came down during Advent, and they came to get his car. When he got in the car, there was a note for him on the dashboard. It said, Merry Christmas from the boys in the garage. Apparently, he didn't respond appropriately for several days. And that morning, when he came down to get his car, the next time, it said, Merry Christmas from the boys in the garage, second notice. Okay, because people expect something for Christmas. Now, normally what happens is when we try to get by and don't do anything, we always get caught. But the whole spirit of Christmas was never about how little can I give, but it was always about how much God gave to us. John three sixteen said, For God so loved the world that he gave. And he gave to us. I want you to notice when God gave at Christmas, He didn't go buy a present. He didn't go online. God gave himself. I want to suggest six groups of people today that we can give to at Christmas and things that you might not have thought of. These gifts that I'm going to mention to you might not be something that they would expect, but I promise you they will appreciate them far more. See, most of the gifts given at Christmas are swapped The day after, have you ever noticed that? Wasn't the right color, wasn't the right size, wasn't the kind that they wanted. But these gifts, if we give them, they won't swap them the day after Christmas. Let's look at them together. First, what are you giving to friends this Christmas? Might I suggest a Christ-like relationship? You know, psychologists tell us that what we really need today are meaningful relationships. That's what people are hungry for. They're hungry for people that they can really get to know, live life with, do life with, and spend time with. Most people don't need another tie or a sweater or earrings. They need a Christ-like relationship. In Mark 12:33, Jesus said, "Love." God with all your heart. And then he said, and love your neighbor as yourself. People who need friends who pray for them. They need friends who support them and believe in them completely to help them through life. There was a picture in the paper years ago of two little boys. They were both in the second grade. They both had completely bald heads. One little boy had had a bout with leukemia. And he was getting over that, and he went back to school. But his hair hadn't come back in yet. Some of the kids didn't understand, and they kind of made fun of him. You know what his best friend did? He went home, and he shaved his head too. He said, my friends made fun of my friend Jimmy, and they laughed at him. I just shaved my head. They can laugh at me too. And that's what he did. Now, that is a friend, isn't it? You know what? In New Delhi, India, a tiger attacked an elephant calf. And when that happened, 25 elephants came around that calf and tried to protect it. Rangers came in. They tried to minister and take care of it, give it medicine. But, But the rest of the elephants wouldn't let them come in there, and they held them off. They took turns taking water to that baby calf until it finally died. And then those elephants stomped their feet and grieved, and they cried for that little baby calf. Let me ask you a question. If elephants can do that, surely we can. Surely we can have relationships and care about other people. Surely we can minister to one another in the name of Jesus. Let me ask you, do you care about those people who are hurting? Do you care about the people who are hopeless? The ones who are homeless? Do you care about the helpless people? Because what they need is not on sale online. What they need is a Christ-like relationship. What are you giving to your friends for Christmas? And then second, what are you giving to your employees? How about a Christian environment? Christian environment means so much more to people to work in a place that's focused on worshiping God and doing our best for Him. Most employers and employees exchange gifts at Christmas. 1 Corinthians 10:31 through 33 says this, For I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. You see, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God is what the Scripture teaches us. For I'm not seeking my own good, but for you, for many, so that they might be saved. Now, in Oklahoma City, years ago, they had a depressed economy there, and the oil industry just kind of collapsed for a while. There was a guy named Gorman Gilray, and he was an oil field supply business owner. He owned the company. He didn't have any work for his employees to do, but he got a creative idea. He went to the Chamber of Commerce in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. He said, if you'll find jobs for my employees where they can volunteer and work in the city, I will continue to pay them. And that's what he did. A reporter heard about it, and he went and interviewed him, and he said, why in the world would you do such a thing? He said, in America today, too many business decisions are made based on what the profit will be and the bottom line, and they forget about people. He said, I once worked for a company that looked at people like a job market that they would try to buy and sell just like you would with wood or some other product. He said, but I know that personnel are people and people are children of God and they ought to be treated as such. What would happen in your business tomorrow if everybody just worked together to make that a Christian environment? If everybody took the attitude not of giving, of getting, but of giving to others, your business would be greatly enhanced. What are you giving to your employees for Christmas? What they need is a Christian environment. Third, what are you giving to customers? Your customers want second mile service. Did you know that 80% of businesses say that they give the same gift out every year for Christmas? but 90% of those businesses said they would stop giving gifts at Christmas if their competitors would stop giving gifts too. That's not a very good reason to give, is it? May I suggest a few gifts that any customer would want? First, the gift of listening. The customer will tell you what they want if they feel like they're being heard. Second, the gift of being polite. It's an easy thing to do, but it should not be overlooked. Third, the gift of a cheerful disposition. That has a way of catching on with everyone. I've told you that I go to Publix every morning, I buy my newspapers, and when she's working, I go through Patricia's line. I go through there because she's always happy, always smiling, always an encouragement. I didn't know that when I first started going, but I got to know her, I found out she's a Christian. We've gotten to know each other pretty well now. The other day, she asked me to pray for her daughter. I mentioned it in church and asked you to pray for her. I went back in to get my paper, and she said, you've been talking about me in church. I said, yeah, I have. I said, you tell me stuff, I'm going to tell other people. I mean, preachers are in the retail business. We hear stuff and we retell it, right? And so that's what I did. But, But she's a great person, and I appreciate it. I've talked about other people there. The fourth thing is the gift of a compliment. Everybody needs to hear that every now and then. The fifth thing is the gift of laughter. In such a serious world today, we can all use a chance to just have a laugh about something and have some much-needed relief. The sixth thing is the gift of appreciation. No one likes to be taken for granted, especially a customer. Now, these are just a few. I'm sure you could come up with many more. Some of the people just give customers the same gift. But what a customer really would like to have more than anything else is second-mile service. In Matthew 5, 41, Jesus said, If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them too. What would happen in your business tomorrow if it was not sales and service, but it became service and sales? What people need is second-mile service. I remember years ago, we had two daughters. Elizabeth was five. Catherine was a newborn, an infant. Now, let me tell you about Catherine. When she was little, she was always moving. I didn't hold her for several years. I couldn't catch her. She was always talking and she was always moving. And Laura would literally have to hold her tight and wrap her legs and arms around her to get her still to rock her to sleep at night. And if we ever got her to stop talking and moving for one minute, she'd be out. I mean, when I say out, you couldn't wake her up. She was out. But getting her to that point was a real challenge. Well, Laura said to me, Easter's coming. We've got to get Elizabeth some Easter clothes. You know, we can't take Catherine shopping. So here's what I'm going to do. You're going to have a choice. You can either take Elizabeth to buy her new Easter outfit, or you can stay home and watch Catherine. I said, I'll take Elizabeth. We went to Dillard's in Pensacola. Let me tell you, talking about being out of my element, I didn't know what I was doing. And I went into Dillard's and I got down on my knees and I prayed for some merciful employee to come and help me out because I needed help. And bless her heart, this sweet lady came over to me. I had Elizabeth with me, and she helped me pick out the clothes for Elizabeth. And, you know, finding the clothes that fit her and the clothes that she wanted, that was a big challenge. But we got them. I got everything she needed. I I was so proud. We wrapped it all, got it all, and took it home. And then Elizabeth had it for Easter to wear it. You know, that that woman, what she gave me was second-mile service. That's what customers really want. And then the fourth thing is, what are you giving to your family? How about a Christian example? Parents, we need to be Christian role models to our children, and children will learn by our example. They'll follow us. You know, what Philippians 3.17 says is, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. In Anderson, South Carolina years ago, there was a mother who gave her seven-year-old son, Richard Ballinger, uh, a quarter. He said, I'm busy wrapping Christmas packages. I need you to shine my shoes. So that little seven-year-old boy, Richard, he he shined his mother's shoes. And on Christmas morning, she had given him that quarter for doing it. She got her shoes to go to church, and she was putting on those shoes that were just been shine, and when she put her feet in in one shoe there was something in the end of the toe and she reached in there to get it and you know how kids will take a note and just fold it all up into a little bitty pile and that's what he had done her son and she opened up that note and inside she found the quarter and then he had written these words I done it for love I done it for love You know, most of what our kids learn, is not taught, but it's caught. And the example that we set makes all the difference. Our family needs that example so that we don't do things out of reward, but we do it out of love. I don't know what you're giving your family for Christmas, but one thing they won't change out the day after and swap at the store will be a Christian example. Fifth, what are you giving to your enemies? We don't usually think about getting our enemies something at Christmas, do we? Unless it's ticking, right? But today I'd like to suggest something that would be a great gift to give to our enemies. The appropriate gift would be a forgiving spirit. Jesus said over and over again, God's forgiveness of us is determined by our forgiveness to other people. He said in Luke 6:36, be merciful just as your Father is merciful. In other words, we need to treat other people the way God treats us. Now, the best way to get rid of an enemy is to make a friend out of them. You know, enemies know how to fight, and when they fight, somebody might get hurt. The best thing to do is just come together and forgive one another. That's something that people can't fight against. When you just show them the love of God and the forgiveness of God, it just melts their hearts, and they're just diffused. Do you remember how Jesus came into the world? Everybody wanted him to come to be a military leader and a power and to just overcome with might and power and and to make sure that their country was no longer occupied by a foreign source and force. But Jesus came in the form of a little bitty baby who didn't know anything except how to love and forgive. And that just spoke uh, paragraphs to people. On the last day that he lived, he looked down from the cross at the people who were killing him, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus said we're to love our enemies. Sunday school teacher had a group of middle school boys that he taught in Sunday school. One day he was walking home from work and something hit him in the back. He didn't know what it was and he turned around just in time for that second snowball to hit him on the side of the head. And out of the corner of his eye, he caught the glimpse of two little boys that he taught in Sunday school. And they were the ones who'd thrown the snowballs, and now they were running away quickly. He said his first instinct was to chase after them. But he quickly realized he couldn't catch them anyway. He started laughing about it. He started thinking to himself, you know, that's the kind of thing I would have done. And he realized that middle school boys, that's just part of what life is about when you work with them. And so he kept walking home and thinking as he was walking through the snow, you know what? I ought to do something nice for them. He knew one little boy was underprivileged. His family didn't have very much. He also knew that that little boy really wanted a rod and reel for Christmas, but he was sure that the family couldn't afford to do that. They had a lot of children. They wouldn't be able to buy that for him. So he went to the store and he bought the rod and reel that that little boy would want. And he took it home and he wrapped it up. And then one night he went over to his house and he rang the doorbell. The mother came to the door and found out who it was and she invited her son Jimmy to come in there and see his Sunday school teacher. When Jimmy walked in there and saw who it was, his eyes got great big. And he was worried about what that Sunday school teacher might do to him and what he was going to tell his mother. And then he said, Jimmy... I've got something behind my back that I got for you, and I want to give it to you. And he turned around and handed it to him. He said, what is it? He said, Jimmy, I love you, and it's a present that I got for you for Christmas. Open it. And that little boy just tore into that package and opened it up, and he was so excited to get it. He discovered it was the rod and reel that he'd been wanting. He thought that he was going to get into trouble. I mean, after all, that's what he deserved, wasn't it? But his teacher said, Jimmy, I love you. I just wanted to give you something that you would appreciate, you would want. Merry Christmas. Now, that's what God does for us. Even though we deserve to be punished, he forgives us and he loves us and he calls us to do to others what he has done for us. Because of that forgiveness, we can forgive our enemies and we can offer a forgiving spirit. And then finally, what are you giving to God? When you made out your list this year for Christmas, the people you're going to buy for, did you include God in the list? I mean, think about it. How many of us made a list, but we didn't put God on it? You know, we wouldn't even have Christmas if it weren't for Him. Why don't we do something for Him this Christmas? When God gave at Christmas, He didn't go online, He didn't go to the store. He gave himself. And do you know what God wants more than anything else? More than anything else, he wants you, all of you, all wrapped up for him. The best thing we could do is just wrap ourselves up as a gift and say, Lord, here am I. Send me. I just want to be your servant. I just want to be your follower. I just want to be faithful to you. In Luke 18, a young man came to Jesus one day and he said, I'm ready to follow you. And he asked what he needed to do. And Jesus said, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. And when he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Let me ask you a question. Is there one thing that's keeping you from following Jesus this Christmas? Is there one thing that's standing in the way? Is there one thing that's a barrier to your relationship with him? What could possibly be something we could give him? He doesn't want what we have. That's just a substitute. He wants us. He wants all of us missionary went to an Indian reservation, and he witnessed to the chief, and as he was telling the chief what God had done and sending his son to die for you and me, the chief was very enthralled in everything the missionary said, and so finally, he said, wanting to respond, he said, if what you're saying is true, I'll give you my prize pony that you can use for your work. But the missionary just kept telling him about the love of God and the forgiving grace of God. And the chief wanted to respond thinking he hadn't done enough. He said, listen, if what you're saying is true, I'll give you my peace pipe. It shows my authority with the tribe. But the missionary just continued to witness. He continued to share with the chief what God's forgiveness had done for him, what it could do for anyone. Feeling that his response had not been adequate, the chief looked at him and he said, You know, I guess God really doesn't want my prize pony or my peace pipe. What he really wants is me. And I give him me. God wants you. Do you know how much he wants you? He wants you so much that he sent his son to die so that you might live so that you could give yourself to him and live forever. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I'd give him a lamb. If I were a wise man, I'd do my part. What can I give him? I'll give him my heart. What are you giving for Christmas? Something that'll be swapped the day after Christmas? Or gifts that could last a lifetime? and even into eternity. You know, my favorite Christmas was not the year I got a guitar. It was not the year that I got a bicycle. It was not even the year that my whole extended family went out to my great-grandmother's where we had country ham and red-eye gravy and biscuits, and we all got together as an extended family. We gave gifts and celebrated Christmas together. But really, one of my favorite Christmases was the first year that I worked and made enough money to buy presents for everybody and my family. And when we ran around and everybody opened their present one by one, I got the most joy from watching them because I knew what they wanted. And I knew that they would enjoy what I was giving them. The smallest package in the world is a person all wrapped up in Him. Or herself. When it came time for God to give it Christmas, He gave His very best. He gave His Son. So let me ask you, what are you giving for Christmas? Let us pray. Oh God, I pray that this Christmas might be different from every other Christmas we've ever experienced. Because the reason that we celebrate Christmas is not changed but maybe our hearts have changed I pray that we might look around our world that we might look around at our relationship not just with our families but with our friends and with people we don't even know and this Christmas that we might be the kinds of people that would show your love to others that they might see Jesus in us that they might be drawn to him that they might know him, that they might celebrate him, and that they might receive him for all eternity. And Lord, we'll just give you the praise and the glory, and we thank you for the privilege of being your instruments, your witnesses, your hands and feet and voice and heart. Thank you for giving us a front row seat to watch you work, not just at Christmas, but all the time. We pray in your son's name. Amen. We do it.